Miss Jacqueline for the message there, and, and actually so so fitting. The um, we began last week dealing with how do we gain that grace? How do we know God's grace? And there is um, a vast supply of grace, an endless supply of grace, but that grace is manifest to those who humble themselves. And so we're going to look at this again this morning. If you turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 11 this morning, Proverbs chapter 11. And I want to continue what we began last Sunday morning, and then we're going to actually uh, extend, extend upon that this evening. So I want to encourage you to be back uh, this evening. We're looking at a, a tremendously important thought this morning in the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 11, would you stand with me? We're going to read one verse here together this morning, Proverbs 11. And uh, we're going to look here at verse number 2, Proverbs 11 and verse number 2. We will uh, examine a lot of other passages here in the book of Proverbs and then uh, later in the, in the New Testament this morning. Proverbs 11 verse 2, we see this contrast uh, between humility and pride. And we see the blessing of humility and how to gain God's grace. Uh, Proverbs 11 verse number 2 reads, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. And if you'll read that with me together this morning, Proverbs 11 verse number 2, together, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. We've been preaching through the book of Proverbs, and you'll see at this particular section uh, a lot of contrast. We'll have the contrast between the wise and the foolish. We'll have uh, the contrast between the lazy and the diligent, and we'll see many contrasts here in the Word of God. We have here this morning the contrast between pride and humility, and we examine the blessing of having a humble spirit. Let's go to the Lord this morning in prayer. And uh, would you ask the Lord today to have his way in each heart? Oh, how we need him this morning. Father, thank you this morning for your word and, Lord, the principles of your word. And it's your desire uh, that, Lord, each one would know you and have a personal walk and relationship with you. That each one uh, would be able to make a veil of that wonderful, marvelous grace. And, Lord, that uh, you have grace sufficient for every need. But, Lord, we must humble ourselves to uh, be able to use and, and have that grace as a part of our lives. Lord, I pray this morning, have your way in this service. Uplift yourself, be glorified in all that's done and said. We need your strength and power and clarity of thought. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask, amen. And you may be seated this morning. We began looking at this thought last week and want to continue this morning. Uh, you'll find this principle, it's a, a spiritual principle set forth throughout the Word of God, that God exalts the humble, but God abases or humbles the proud. Uh, in other words, there is a principle, an ironic principle of the Bible set forth that those who lower themselves or humble themselves will be raised up by God. Uh, the way down, we might say, is the way up, and the way up is the way down. Uh, it's an ironic principle of the Bible. When pride cometh, the Bible says, there cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse number 6, the Bible reads, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Verse 10 of James 4 reads, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, 
and he shall lift you up. Now God gives us many examples of this in the word of God. It was, it was pride that brought the downfall of Satan. In the book of Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou come down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, and here are the words of Satan, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And the Bible speaks as Satan exalted himself that he will be humbled and abased and burn in the lake of fire for all of eternity. Uh, king Saul was raised to be the king of Israel when he was little in his own eyes. After serving as king for a period of time, pride entered into his heart. Uh, Saul offered sacrifices that only the priest was to offer, Samuel in this case. And then later Saul disobeyed the clear commands of God. As a result, God rent the kingdom from his hand and God delivered that kingdom into the hands of a man after God's own heart, David. Now last week we gave several applications to this principle of humility and the blessing of humility. It's an application to our salvation. You will never be saved until you recognize you cannot save yourself. You will never be saved until you come to the end of yourself and realize that it is only the blood of Jesus Christ shed for you upon the cross of Calvary that can avail for your salvation. All of your religion, all of your righteousness will fall short of the glory of God. There's an application to our sin. Uh, beyond salvation, it is as we humble ourselves that we find the forgiveness and cleansing of our sin. Uh, we use the example of King David after falling into horrible sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. When the prophet of God came to David and said, David, thou art the man. David fell upon his face before the Lord. He cried out to God, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. And, and David found the forgiveness of God through a broken heart and a broken spirit. Then there's an application to our self-worth. The Bible tells us that we are not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think of ourselves, but we are to humble ourselves and be servants, and we'll expand upon that a bit more this morning. There's an application to our service, as Paul the Apostle discovered through the thorn in the flesh. When he was weak, then through Christ he was strong. And it is only through the strength of Christ and the power of Christ that we can accomplish anything for the glory of Christ this morning. And so these were applications today. I want to expand upon this application. I want to look at this principle of humility as an attitude of submission. We'll find this throughout the Word of God, this principle, this attitude of submission, putting ourselves under authority. We don't like to be under authority. We like to be in charge. We like to be in control. We don't like this principle or this thought that God is a God of order. And this morning we'll, we'll see, number one, the scriptural principle of authority. God 
is a God of order. God has established everything on the basis of order. You think about creation this morning. Creation was not utter chaos. It's the problem we we have with the Big Bang. To say that all of a sudden there was a huge explosion. And that out of that explosion came the order and the beauty of our universe today. It's an impossibility. Or this thought to think that out of evolution, out of an accident, uh, came all the various species this morning and all the beauty of God's creation. It's an impossibility. Everything has order. Everything has purpose because God is a God of order. Uh, As God created the plants, uh, God said and He set the bounds of the plants and He said that everything was to reproduce after His kind. As God made the animals, God established this boundary. And everything was to reproduce life after its kind. It was order in God's creation. Uh, Given the testimony of of John Newton, and he was expressing the order of the solar system of the universe. Uh, He had made a a replica of our solar system. And with that replica... It was a beautiful order. There was an atheist scientist that came and said, wow, this is amazing. Who made this? And John Newton said, nobody. And uh, this atheist scientist said, "Uh, Mr. Newton, I I asked the question, who made this replica of our solar system? He said, it's magnificent. He said, "The, the planets, they all rotate around the sun and our earth is rotating and the moon is rotating around our earth. This is beautiful. Who made it? Nobody. Uh, Come on, Mr. Newton. Who made this? And John Newton said, well, you tell me that nobody made this universe and this replica is just a small, little, minuscule uh, specimen compared to this marvelous universe and you tell me nobody made it? It's an accident. And through that testimony, through the order, had the opportunity to see this atheist scientist come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, God is a God of order. And God has established order of beings. He is God. He is above all. He created angels to serve under Him. And within the angelic realm, there were levels of authority. And it's evident as we read the Bible that Lucifer, Satan, was of the highest order. And yet Satan exalted himself, rebelled against God, removed himself from God's order, said, I will be as God. And God humbled and will bring down Satan to the very bottom. God has established order. He's established order in our relationships, in the home. God has established that the Lord would be the center of the home and that parents would be under the Lord and that the mother would be under the father and the children would be under their parents. God has established order in government. God has established order in the church. God has established order in every area of our lives. Now the Proverbs, or the father of Proverbs, reveals to his son, Son, if you are going to succeed in life, you've got to submit yourself to God's order. You've got to put yourself under this principle. Humble yourself under the order that God has established. 
Now let me just give you a few examples and we'll expand upon this later this morning. Go back with me to Proverbs chapter 1 verse number 7. And of course in God's order we are to submit ourselves unto God. We read in Proverbs 1 verse number 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This is where it starts, putting ourselves under the Lord. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. We read in verse number 33 of Proverbs 1, but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely. This father is saying, son, if you're to succeed in life, you must put yourself under the order or the authority of God. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, my life verses, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thine understanding. You're to submit yourself unto God, not to your prideful way, but under the hand of God. Submitting yourself to God. This father is also expressing, son, you've got to submit yourself to your parents. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 8. He said, my son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. They shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, chains about thy neck. In Proverbs chapter 4, he says, hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. In verse number 10 of chapter 4, hear, O my son, receive my sayings and the years of thy life shall be many. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 20, he said, My son, keep thy father's commandment, forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee from the evil woman. And this father over and over is expressing this issue of submission to his God-given authority to this child, to this son. As we move forward to Proverbs 10, verse number 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. A submissive son gains wisdom through the teachings of his parents, through the teachings of submission, and in turn it blesses the father and mother. Now that's that scriptural principle of authority. You see, one that submits to this principle reveals humility. And one that rebels against this principle uh, is revealing pride. And one that submits will gain God's blessing. One that rebels against it will face the cursing of God. And like Satan, has to be humbled. Now, we're going to come back and look at several passages, but let me give you a New Testament illustration that really gives us a military example, a military understanding, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. We briefly looked at this verse last week and did not have the time to really delve into it. Luke, chapter 7, beginning at verse number 1. Luke, chapter 7, in verse number 1. Reads, now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servants. And when he came to Jesus, or when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. 
For he loveth our nation. He hath built us a synagogue. Now, my wife and I in Israel had the privilege of going to this synagogue in Capernaum. And uh, it was really a, a neat thing. And they identified this as the very synagogue spoken of here. For he loveth our nation. He had built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went forth with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say a word, and my servants shall be healed, for I also am a man. Notice this statement, set under authority. Having under me soldiers... And I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. He turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. Now this centurion had a great faith because he understood the scriptural principle established of authority. It was a military understanding. And those of you that have been in the military, you understand this principle of authority. You know that you have been placed in the military under authority and you're expected to abide under that authority and you are to serve under that authority. And in cases, then you are given authority and you are to guide. And here's a man that said, I am a man set under authority. I am responsible, he said, For others above me. I am responsible to obey them. I receive and follow orders from them. I have a good attitude toward them. And he said in verse number 8. I am a man in authority. Not only am I under authority. But I am a man in authority. And I say to one go. And he goeth to another come. And he cometh. And to my servant do this. And he doeth. He said when I give orders. I expect those orders to be followed. I expect those orders to be obeyed. When I'm given orders, I follow the orders that I'm given. When I give the orders, I expect them to be followed. Now this man had a great faith. He understood that Jesus is God. And that Jesus is in all position of authority. And that Jesus had simply but to speak the word and his servant would be healed. He understood this. He had great faith because of his understanding of the scriptural principle of authority. He was humble and submitted under his authority. He expected humility and submission when he gave orders. Now again, Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 2, when pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Those that humble themselves under God-given authority find God's blessings. Those that rebel against that authority face the consequences. Now, with that foundation, I want to give some specific applications this morning to this principle of authority. You see, pride and humility are clearly revealed in our submission or in our lack of submission. The Bible says, humble yourselves. It's a choice. You choose. Humble yourselves. Now, of course, we we know this submission to authority is ultimately to God. Every one of us 
are to be in submission to God. This is where it begins. If you go to the book of 1 Peter for just a moment, 1 Peter, in chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, and you might keep your finger in the book of 1 Peter because we'll go back and forth for a moment. In 1 Peter chapter 5, we read beginning in verse number 6. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, with this humility, there's this recognition. God made me. God purchased me. I owe my life to him. To humble myself before God means that I choose to love God. I choose to surrender unto the Lord. Now, the fact is, this morning, above all, God wants you. Above all, God wants your heart. Above all, God wants your submission and your surrender to him and to his purposes for your life. Uh, the Bible tells us, my son, give me thine heart. God wants your heart, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Uh, the children of Israel were exhorted as they marched through the, the wilderness. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Uh, to humble myself before God means that I will reveal or give my heart unto God. Uh, to humble myself before the Lord means that I will choose to obey Him above all things. Uh, we gave the illustration of Abraham last week. God said, Abraham, I want you to take thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. I want you to take him to Mount Moriah. I want you to offer him there for a sacrifice. And Abraham obeyed the Lord, not understanding the Lord. Abraham submitted himself under the mighty hand of God, and God blessed in the life of Abraham. I was reading just in my personal Bible study, the book of Jeremiah, and reading how Jeremiah the prophet uh, uh, spoke to the children of Israel in the land of Judah, and he warned them of the coming judgment of God, and they would not listen unto Abraham, and just as or unto to Jeremiah, and just as Jeremiah had prophesied, uh, God sent uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the judgment of God against the land, and a small remnant left in the land. Of Judah, And this small remnant eventually made their way to Egypt. And they said, Jeremiah, uh, what are we to do? And you tell us what we're to do. And if God tells us to go into Egypt, we'll go. And if God tells us to stay, we'll stay. And Jeremiah sought the face of God. And, and God dealt with the heart of Jeremiah and said, Don't go into the land of Egypt. You stay in the land of Judah. And God will protect you, this remnant, in the land of Judah. And they looked at Jeremiah and said, Jeremiah, we believe you're lying to us. We're going into Egypt. They faced the destructive hand of God. They would not humble themselves under God's hand. To humble myself means to obey God, to choose to trust the Lord with all my heart, casting all my care upon Him, for He careth for me. Turn, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18 for just a moment. To humble myself before the Lord means to come before the Lord as a child. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, notice in verse number 1. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 1, at the same time, 
came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I could take this morning a little child and I could place that child right here on this platform and I could say to that child, uh, jump into my arms and that child would jump and I could catch that child. If I were to put Luke on the platform, say, Luke, jump into my arms and Luke, uh, he'd look at me, you're crazy and uh, I'm not going to do it. It's a childlike faith. And the Bible says that we are to humble ourselves under the hand of God to submit unto the Lord and to cast our care upon the Lord and to come before the Lord with childlike faith and come before the Lord like as a child in total dependence upon the Lord, submitting myself unto God. That's where it begins. But as I look at the, the book of Proverbs, uh, I see this attitude of humility, this submissive spirit uh, applied to parents. It's one of the major teachings of the book of Proverbs. See, if a child is not humble and submissive to parents, I want you to listen close. If a child is not humble and submissive to parents, they will never be humble and submissive to God. And so this principle set forth. Many of you remember Brother Wilkins. And he would give the testimony of the day he was saved. He said, I, I was at uh, this church service because the pastor of that church was going away. And he said, while I was at that church service, uh, uh, something was wrong in my heart. And I knew that it was wrong. And he said, the Lord dealt with my heart. I knew that I needed to go forward. But he said, I, I walked out the, the back of the church. But he said, God wouldn't let go of me. And he said, I remembered those peach trees that my mom would take. And she would take that branch. And when I would disobey, my mom would give that little peach branch to the backside. And he said, I learned a lesson that I had to be obedient when I was told to do something. And he said, the Spirit of God was calling me and I had to go back into that church service and he said I went forward to the altar and at the altar the pastor was wise and understood that God was dealing with my heart about salvation and there at that altar I came to saving faith in Jesus Christ he said I'm sure glad that I listened to the voice of the Lord but it went back to my parents and their discipline in my life I want you to look with me Proverbs chapter 23 and you'll see how clearly this is set forth. Proverbs chapter 23. As this father is dealing with his son and this submissive spirit. Father teaching his boy. In Proverbs chapter 23 verse number 12. This father says to his son, apply thine heart to instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. This uh, is a word to parents, withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul. And he's speaking of the discipline that parents are to give to their children, teaching this lesson. And again, there are, are proper, we'll not get into this, there are proper means of discipline. But the Bible teaches parents, you're to train your children. This father says, my son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. And this father in verse number 19 says, hear thou my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. 
He says in verse number 22, Hearken to thy father that beget thee, despise not thy mother when she is old. He says in verse number 26, My son, this father is saying, My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. Now this father is instructing his son and understanding if this son is to be used of God, he must first put himself under the authority of his parents. A submissive, humble heart. You notice uh, the blessing of this submission. Look in verse number 24. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth the wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. When a child puts themselves under that authority, God will bless their life, and a parent is blessed. Ephesians 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long in the earth. I remember it well. It was during a revival service when I was a young man. I came forward to an altar, and I remember there at that altar, in my heart, submitting myself to the authority of my parents. I remember in my heart coming to that place, and I did not want to dishonor my dad. I did not want to dishonor my mom. And that would often guide me in the friends that I would have and the places that I would go and the things that I would do. And later I came to realize that in submitting to my parents, I was actually submitting to God. And then God began to deal with my heart about I would, uh, God was always with me, that He always saw and he, he would hear the music that I listened to and the pictures that I would view and I could not hide from God. But it began with a submissive heart to my parents. See, this is the aspect of humility. When we humble ourselves, God gives us great blessing. Now, let's go to, to the book of 1 Peter. You'll see this aspect of submission, humility, set forth in the Word of God over and over, 1 Peter. We see within the home, not only the submission of children to their parents, but submission of wives to their husbands. See, God is a God of order. He's order or has established order in the home. Ephesians 5 gives a blueprint for a blessed home and wives are to submit unto their husbands. And uh, husbands are to love their wives. Greater responsibility on the husband, but wives submitting to husbands. Look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. It reads, Likewise, ye wives, being subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of the plating of the hair, wearing of gold, putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God great price. For after this manner in old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. See, submission unto the wives. I think back to church in Oklahoma, and we witnessed uh, as uh, a woman had come to the church, and 
And she got saved and she began to live her life for the Lord. And her husband recognized that. And there was a new spirit from her heart unto her husband in that home. And eventually her husband Jeff came begging the preacher how he could know what his wife had experienced. It came from a submissive, humble spirit within the home. There's submission to God, submission to parents, submission to to husbands. Notice in 1 Peter chapter 2, he, he, he speaks of submission to government. 1 Peter chapter 2, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. He's speaking to save people that whereas they speak evil against, against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king of supreme, unto governors, as unto them that are sent to him or by him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that by well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I believe and it's my conviction that a Christian ought to be the very best citizen. And I believe a Christian, by their testimony of submission and obedience, are a testimony to a lost and dying world. And of course, I, I understand, first of all, we submit to God. We never disobey God. In Acts chapter 5, uh, they said we must obey God rather than men. And I understand that principle. But there is a principle here if something is not contrary to the Word of God. We are to be submissive in our spirit. And the Bible even speaks that sometimes we will suffer judgment just as Christ suffered uh, for and for doing right, we may suffer, but the testimony is given to a lost and dying world. Uh, Acts chapter, or first, uh, excuse me, First Peter 2, verse 18. There's submission to our employers, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward, for this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Ephesians chapter 6 puts it this way, servants... Be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear, trembling, singleness of heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. And what the Bible is simply expressing to us, we are to be submissive at our place of work or employment as unto the Lord. Uh, several years ago, worked with a couple of Christian men in a lumber yard. And uh, one man had this attitude, as long as the boss was not around, uh, he would be lazy. Uh, the other had the attitude that God was his boss. And he served as unto the Lord, and he was a great employee. And that's what God would have us to be. Look in First Peter chapter 5. Speaks of submission within the church. He says, the elders which are among you I exhort, whom also an elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, feed the flock of God which is among you. Taking the oversight, he's speaking to the pastors uh, thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, we shall, or you shall receive a crown of glory that feedeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Ye all of you be subject one to another, be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud 
and giveth grace to the humble. He speaks of pastors submitted unto the Lord as the chief shepherd and that all of us are to be servants one to another. And, and Jesus basically put it this way, the greatest among you would be the servant of all, that attitude of humility. It's the attitude of humility that gains God's favor. He speaks of servant leadership and serving our leading by serving. Pastors are servants and the church members are servants and we're to be subject one to another, serving one another in the fear of the Lord. And then he sums it up there again in verse number 6 of 1 Peter 5. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. See again, Proverbs 11 verse number 2. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. When an individual submits under God-given authority, God blesses their lives. And when an individual rebels, there are severe consequences of that rebellion. I have a very dear friend who uh, uh, preaches across the nation and he also trains horses, and wild horses, and he'll often take an illustration. He'll take a, a wild horse and he'll show that that wild horse is not useful to its master. And that's where we are. Uh, we're not useful to God with this attitude of humility or with this attitude of pride. We're, we're in charge. Uh, when we will not submit, uh, when we will not submit to God, when we will not submit to our parents, when we will not submit to God-given authority, we're useless to God. God cannot use us. And God looks for this attitude of humility, this attitude of submission. When that horse submits his will to the master. That master can take that horse and do great things with it. And so it is with your life. As long as you remain on the throne of your heart, God cannot use you. It doesn't matter what kind of talent or ability you have. If you are on the throne, God has to set you aside and humble you. But when you put God on the throne, you allow God to have control of your heart and your life. God can take your life and use you. Young people, if you're not submissive to your parents, you're not going to be submissive to God. And wives, the testimony of submission in the home is a powerful testimony to your children of honoring God-given authority. Uh, submission to government. You pray for Luke, and Luke is going to be going a week from tomorrow to boot camp. You pray for him as he goes through that. He's going to go through that. Luke has learned submission in the home, and I'm grateful for that. And you pray for him that God will use him. We're to be submissive to our government, to those that God has put over us. Submissive at work. A Christian ought to be the best employee, servant as unto God. And submission to one another within the church. Let's bring our wild horse attitude and put it in a submissive manner that God can take and use in a great way. I'd like with our heads bowed this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed, the Bible